the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. As always, we are entering the realm of the bizarre and frightening, so listener discretion is advised. We can assure you that no animals, or parts of animals, were harmed in the creation of this episode. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, a podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. I am Alex Flanagan, one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Addison Peacock. Uh, as mentioned before, you can hear me doing a lot of creepy things all over the internet and see me writing about other creepy things all over the internet. Everything I do is creepy all the time. <laughs> and our special guest this week is none other than our esteemed guest from last week. I'm Andrew, fresh picked from the farm. <laughs> that's who he is, and he's not getting any fresher. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, incidentally, just before we get started, we recorded this episode immediately after episode one, so if you hear us wearing the same outfits as last week... Don't point it out. <laughs> so last Thank week, you. last week we had a cool, fun riff on Skinwalkers, Flushgates, and Goat Men. If and you Owen Wilson. Also, there was wow. There was a lot of Owen Wilson. Wow. There was a lot of that going on. Sorry. This week we have something totally new and different for you. So and now for something completely, completely different. different. <laughs> um, so hands up out there as well, unless you're driving. Do not listen to the Crypto Keeper podcast while operating a motor vehicle. No, they should. To your health. Okay, especially if you're it. driving late at night down a winding country road and your headlights hit something. <gasps> what was that? Was it a deer? It was probably a deer. Shia LaBeouf. Um, okay. <laughs> it was probably a deer. Don't worry about it. Just keep listening. <laughs> so this week's cryptid is near and dear to my heart because it comes from the mountainous regions of Appalachia. I am a West Virginian, born and bred, but weirdly enough, I didn't actually hear of this cryptid until much later in life. Um, although it is my understanding that a lot of people have a very strong visceral childhood association with the Taily Poe. Ah! Well, that's a Teletubby, right? It is certainly not a Teletubby. It is probably the opposite of a Teletubby in every way, shape, and form. Although mm, something horrifying that children are exposed well, to when they can't quite understand it. I guess it? so. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's maybe. A I think it is. It, it, okay. It's my, possible it's a Teletubby. My third grade teacher read me the storybook about the Taily Poe, and it ruined me psychologically Yeah, forever. let me explain why that's a horrible idea. So, <laughs> the Taily Poe story, it's uh, it's sort of a Frankenstein situation. So, Taily Poe is a word that this particular creature uses frequently, but we don't actually know what its name is, unless it's some sort of horrifying Appalachian Pokemon that just yells about itself all the time. But I don't think that's the case. What so, if his name is Steve? It's possible. Maybe it's Steve. Steve. We'll go with that. For the intents and purposes of this story, the Taily Poe creature is now called Steve. <laughs> so the story about Steve, there are so many different variations of this story, which is really cool. It's sort of handed down in that oral tradition, so you get a lot of variations of it. There are short films made about the Taily Poe. There are all sorts of cool little niches on the internet that have to do with the Taily Poe story. I actually earlier played a really cool sort of interactive text game about the Taily Poe, where you just sort of click on the cues and it moves you forward. That was fun. And notably, there is a version of it that has been canonized in completely awful backroom elementary school library literature, because apparently a lot of children had this story read to them very early on, and it has created a just slew of problems for them ever since. But a few constants are in this story, no matter when or where you hear it. 
it's always about sort of an old man who is either a hermit or a recluse or somebody who has gone into the woods and for whatever reason is prevented from returning home. In some cases, that's a snowstorm or bad weather. Um, in other cases, it's he has chosen to retreat from life as it, as it stands. Um, he always has at least one dog. Usually it's three. In some versions of the story, the dogs have names and some they don't. And it always takes place in an isolated swatch of wilderness. Usually it's in the mountains in sort of the foresty regions of Appalachia, although there are some versions of the story that take place in like a bog or swampland. Uh, it really just depends on where you're telling the story, where you're hearing it, who learned it, and then passed it on to you. I mean, so far this all sounds pretty good. You're in the woods with some dogs. That's That sounds okay, yeah. Right, it starts off okay. So the old man goes into the woods, either because that's where he lives in his cabin, or because he is retreating from society, wants to get away from the pressures, the hustle and bustle of city life. Has a cabin out in the middle of nowhere, but times is hard, they say. And this old man has fallen on a particularly bad spell of famine. You know, there is just nothing to be found anywhere. He can't get back to town, so he can't buy more supplies. All he has is himself and his hunting dogs. And so he and his three dogs go back to the cabin after a particularly uneventful round of hunting, and all he has left is just a tiny, tiny bit of, like, dried meat and some water to boil it in and, you know, maybe a couple bones for the dogs. So he puts that on, he eats what he can himself, gives a little bit to the dogs, and settles in for what is sure to be a night of hunger and ruining the day he was ever born. But there is sort of scratching in the corner of the cabin. Um, and he sees a creature over there lurking in the shadows. It's small, covered in black fur, kind of short, has these large awkward paws and a really, really long tail. You just sort of sees it skittering around in some versions of the story. It's, it's like batting at an insect or catching it. Like, not really harming anybody, but he goes after it. He grabs his hunting axe because he doesn't know what it is. And in the process of going to attack it, spooks it, he cuts off its tail, it screams and runs. Which is a horrifying idea in itself, this little furry creature just, like, yeah, yelling absolutely. and then uh, running out of your I house. imagine it as the noise that rabbits make when they scream. Have you ever heard a rabbit I scream? I believe it's that's exactly the, most, the sound. It's the most upsetting noise in the entire world. That is for sure the sound that Steve makes. When you cut off his tail. It's the stuff of nightmares. Okay. It is the Steve of nightmares. <laughs> so Steve's tail is left behind. Big long tail. You know, you might call it a, a tall tale of tall tales. Uh, or a tail <laughs> I went there. You and could call it a tale. You could. So out of desperation, you know, having no other options and not having any way to obviously put this back, he takes the tail, cooks it, and eats it. Yum. Yeah, you know, I mean, in most animations I've seen, he just leaves the fur on, which seems like sort of a misstep, but Ramsey would be furious. to each their own. So eating the tail stew, he then falls fast asleep. Later that night, he's awakened by more of this scratching sound. And it's kind of unsettling. You're in the woods alone late at night, and there's a scratching at your cabin. So he, being somewhat unsettled by the events of earlier, throws open the door and sends his dogs after it. There is some barking and much to do and a lot of hissing and rustling around, and two of his dogs come back. So he thinks, all right, well, that's not totally unusual. Sometimes my dogs do go off on their own. So he goes back to bed. Later that night, hears the same scratching again, sends the two remaining dogs after it. There is, again, a large ruckus somewhere off in the woods, and only one of his dogs comes back. This is getting pretty weird and starting to unsettle the old man a bit. So when he sort of falls back into a fitful sleep and hears the scratching again, it's getting pretty real. So he sends the one remaining dog after it. There's, again, a ruckus, and the dog does not come back. So only a very short while later, he hears a scratching again at the cabin door. Has no way to keep it out, but just sort of quivers in his bed, has his axe with him, but there's nothing he can do. The creature 
makes its way in. He hears the clacking claws sort of along the ground coming into his bedroom, hears the claws climbing their way up the end of his bed, sees them latching over, sees the tufted ears, the black fur, these glowing eyes that are either incidentally red or yellow, depending on where regionally you've had the story told to you. And here's this horrible, horrible, just inhuman voice saying, and I'm not even going to try to do one here because it would just, it would sound like Owen Wilson, but basically saying, you have my taily po, I want my taily po. And of course the man is horrified. Like it's all starting to click together. This is the same creature we saw earlier. And he says, I, I don't have your taily po. He says, yes, you do. You have my taily po. I want it back. The man could do nothing. It's sort of this sleep paralysis situation where he's laying in bed, can feel the creature crawling up him, but can do nothing. And eventually the creature, to the extent to get back its taily po, claws the man open and retrieves it. And they say that on nights you can still hear it sort of whispering around saying that it now has its taily po. Now, have you ever heard it talking about its taily po? I have never heard whisperings of the taily po, no, but um, I, I don't think I'm the kind of person that would chop off an animal's tail. That's true. No, I just mean, mean have you heard it, it's, it's it gloating? <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time in the West Virginia mountains, but I have never actually heard the taily po whispering in the wind. It's not actually so much something that there are a lot of sightings of or instances of, but there are a lot of variations of this story. This story is told far and wide, and what's so fascinating about it is that like a lot of other instances in Appalachian oral storytelling, it's sort of a cautionary tale. It's this idea of don't mess with things you don't understand. Don't go taking something that doesn't belong to you. Have respect for the nature around you. You know, just any sort of variation on a theme. But mm -hmm. at the heart of it, what's interesting is that this poor man was in a situation he really couldn't get out of. I mean, it wasn't like he intentionally went out and maliciously harmed the creature. He really was in a situation of desperation and was probably just honestly too clueless to know any better. Right. Yeah, that's always made me really angry about the story. He's starving. He doesn't eat it for fun. He doesn't t cut this thing's tail off for poops and giggles. He thinks, spend tonight hungry or I'm going to eat this tail stew. Which, by the way, and I say this as a vegetarian, the tail is definitely the worst part of the animal to cook and eat, right? There can't be any meat on that. It's just fur and skin and bone, right? As a former meat eater, I guess, uh... It's used more as like a flavoring. So if you think of like oxtail soup, you don't mm. eat the bones of the tail. It's just used to flavor the tail. Oh, so mm. it's like more like a Steve tail broth. It's Steve tail broth. Exactly. <laughs> yes. New band it's, name, calling it. It's Taily Cobra. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree. And not Steve. Was was hungry and starving. And the Steve potentially like killed his dogs also. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is very sad. Very sad. Were you able Very to, sad indeed. Were you able to in any ways trace the origin of the story? Like, uh, when did it first enter circulation? When did it first crop up? Yeah, that's a really great question. It has no definitive answer. So the Taylipo story has been around for quite some time. Um, we know because the setting of the story takes it back pretty far. It's hard to tell with some stories in Appalachian mythos where exactly they originate from, because the bottom line is once you're alone in the woods, that situation's going to be pretty much the same, whether it was... 1800, 1900, or even currently. I right. mean, the actual construction of your cabin may be different, but it may not if you get away from... And I think that's what's interesting, too, is that if you're going under the assumption that this man sort of left town to get away from it and just went to this cabin in the woods, Walden style, it could take place even now. Yeah, I was just going to say, the story seems to exist out of time, mm -hmm. which I'm sure is intentional for something that is essentially, in a lot of ways, a morality tale. Yeah, it absolutely is. 
And the fascinating thing is that there really is no right or wrong in this story. I hesitate to call the old man the protagonist. I mean, on the other hand, you know, this tail bow creature was just sort of cha innocently chasing after a bug and got its tail chopped off and wanted it back. It's fascinating because the tail bow creature in a lot of... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to go to DeviantArt and look at Taylipo pictures, but you can, you can just like do a Google search. A lot of people have, weirdly enough, drawn fan art of the There's Taylipo. There's a lot of fan art. There's a Taylipo. lot of Taylipo fan very art. Very strange. There's a lot my, of. You do you want to see, see some Taylipo fan art? My Taylipo <laughs> OC. Um, no, you don't. You really don't. But just Google pictures of the Taylipo. It's really fascinating. They range from completely terrifying. Art. Like there is this one particular illustration that is a Wolverine-looking head with um, sort I'm of. I'm sorry. I'm picturing Hugh Jackman. Right no, yeah, no, no, it's Hugh like Jackman. Yes, okay. with tufted black ears right. and fur all over. And all right, it's good. not, it's not Hugh Jackman. Um, it's it's a Wolverine-looking creature with um, these. I'm sorry. I tried to type in Taylor Poe fan art. I really need you to know that I tried to type in Taylor Poe fan art, and I got the auto predict Taylor Poe fan fiction. I'm absolutely going to read some of this for you guys, but the depictions of the Taylor Poe in popular culture range from again this sort of sinewy, very monstrous creature to, in the children's book illustration even, being something that looks relatively innocuous. It's sort of this awkward, black, furry creature that is really pretty cute if it's not trying to claw you open to get back what once belonged to it. But there is this very sort of almost childlike depiction of the Taylor Poe in that it is something that is definitely not in the realm of the supernatural because it, it does just use its physical attributes, like its claws and its, its teeth to come after you. There is no spiritual component to it. But it's also not quite animal because it speaks and it has this very sentient consciousness regarding its sense of property and what belongs to it and what it is trying to reclaim. So it lingers somewhere in this almost infantile consciousness where it's doing its it minding its own business. And the next thing you know, you Addison is waving her hands um, frantically. Alex, what have you found? Um, what's that movie? It was the the Guardian Legend of the Guardians. What was that that holiday figures movie that was made? Oh, the animated movie with yeah, Jack Frost and stuff. Okay, this is a piece of fan fiction called Curiouser and Curiouser, and it is a piece of um like Jack Frost in that film franchise fan fiction about the Taily Poe, where the Guardians and the Tooth Fairy are teaching Jack Frost about the Taily Poe monster. You guys, <laughs> what is happening? I have literally no no idea how to feel about this. I don't understand. There's so much Taily Poe fan fiction. There's a supernatural fan fiction, which makes sense because they never did the Taylor Poe, but it seems like something the boys would hunt. I, I hate this. Did you see from the Journal of John Winchester? Wait, um, I'm well, sorry. It's settled. I am quitting all three of my day jobs and I'm just <laughs> going to go write Taylor Poe fiction. Taylor Poe, a dog-sized creature, characteristically yellow eye with black fur, hunts only at night using its claws to skin its quarry. Not a demon or spirit. Kill it. Shoot, Dean, for God's sake, shoot, Sam hissed, the veins in his neck standing out like steel cords taut beneath uh, his skin. I Sam stared this. intently into the darkness, his eyes frantically searching for the first glimpse of the beast stalking him. Oh, there's so much of this. Wait, I want to just skip to the end. This is a lot. I'm, I'm, yeah, this is too much. Uh, it did. It said something about Shaggy. Scooby-Doo, uh, dog, Scooby-Doo, Shaggy. Wait, I want to find more about Maybe it's like one of those team-ups like they did with Batman. Oh, like the Batman Scooby-Doo crossover. Yeah. There was a Scooby-Doo crossover episode with all of the Harlem Globetrotters. There was one with John Cena. I did not, yeah. nor did I ever need to know that. <laughs> I think but you did. 
I okay. Is there a John Cena Taylor Poe crossover fan fiction? I'm sure there know. is some. That's my favorite one. I wanted to find the fan art, and I didn't mean to. Own, I didn't mean to open this digital Pandora's box. This is never what I wanted. This is kind of you horrifying. can never put it back. Narth the Taylor Poe Part Three: Fire by Taylor Poe Artist on DeviantArt. Narth. Uh, his I'm name sorry. is Steve. Narth. Wanna... Is that the sound that like Pinky made in the old Pinky in the Brain? <laughs> Narth. <laughs> Narth. <laughs> The sun Narth. shone through the branches of the trees as Narth rested his tired body in the shade of a small bush. I hate this. I hate this so much. <laughs> Slowly, the insane Talipo approached the humans as they chatted to each other. She leapt to one of the other humans' shoulder with a hiss and sank her teeth into his neck. Okay, I'm sorry. This is just a quick public service announcement. <laughs> How do you misspell teeth? What? How do you misspell? Oh, like, it's not a word that has any other words that look like it. Like Wait. there is not a there's there's no sort of homophone for teeth. Oh my god, this is North and Ref, two Taylor Poes that hate each other, and one of them is gonna cook the other one. Oh well, that's wrong because Taylor Poes <laughs> yeah. don't cook. No, I know. This is factually not I'm sorry, I need to return to my original task. I have not so completed my holy question. mission. What is the plural of Taylipo? I think Taily it's like pie. deer. Taylipo? No, I think Taily it's like pie. deer. I think it's like deer where the plural is the same So word. what's the name for a group of Taylipo? A Taylipod. A Taylipod. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. We can, end there it. It we can just end this podcast <laughs> right, right now. All right, guys. See you next week. It's Bye. never getting better Wait, than I found some fan art. This is a really good one because it looks straight up like a Pokemon. This is that, no, that is a Pokemon. <laughs> That's literally a picture of a Mightyena with its yep. tail photoshopped off. <laughs> yep. That's all that is. Wait, this is a really good one. That I like looks this. Like Stitch. I like this hot topic, Taylor Poe. It's yeah, that's a hot. All right, topic, I know that people Poe. can't see these. I'm gonna try to link them in the description. We're of this for episode. sure going to include some links. This is actually my favorite one because it looks a lot like those fuzzy caterpillars. Yeah. Look at it. It's actually adorable. Mm-hmm. I would pet the heck out of that. It's super cute. I would I would for sure pet so a Taylipo. 10 out of is, 10 would pet. Is there more than one Taylipo? Or is it the Taylipo? Yeah, so that's something I was sort of trying to figure out in my research. Like, is it a singular creature or a race of creatures? Mm-hmm. It's never really clear. It's sort of huh. like the Bigfoot issue where nobody knows if it if Bigfoot is a creature or a race of creatures. I think we like, all know. We do um, know. There is one Bigfoot. She is a woman, and I love her. Oh, I think there I, are multiple Bigfeet. There are multiple. You're right. Actually, no, I lied. There are supposed to be many Sasquatches. Sas- I don't know the plural of Sasquatch. I think it's Sasquatch. Do you know um, anyway. the noise that they make, supposedly? Is it Chewbacca? No, it's like a... Oh, 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 wow. Oh. You uh, cannot invoke not Owen week. Wilson. Not this week. <laughs> not again. Not like this. So uh, anyway, okay. Taylor Poe. I feel like yeah. there should be more than one, right? So I think in order to answer this question, we sort of have to get to the idea of where did Taylor Poe come from? And there are a few different answers to that. Mm-hmm. But um, interestingly enough, Taylor Poe is not the only cat-like creature that people have think they have spotted in West Virginia that doesn't actually exist. I mean, obviously Taylor Poe exists, but um, there are a lot of reports of various mountain cats being spotted or just being assumed to live in the mountains of Appalachia, specifically West Virginia, that that don't exist there. For example, Black Panthers. A lot of people think that Black Panthers live in West Virginia. There are people who will swear by having seen them, but they're not native to the area. Any instance of thinking that you've seen a Black Panther is more likely a fisher, which is actually like I love a small weasel. But from a distance, it kind of looks like a panther cub or a tailipo. Um, just, yeah, do me a favor if you are not currently operating your car. Google pictures of 
Fishers. I think it's I think it's just F I S. It's just spelled like H E R. Yeah. yeah. They're super cute. They're small and fuzzy, and they look kind of like you would think a horrible creature with a lust for vengeance would look if it came after you in the middle of the night after slaughtering your hunting dogs. I mean, like, they've got that sort of brand to them, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things in that area, point being, that have sort of evaded classification. Yeah. There are some descriptions of the Taylipo that included having tufted ears like a bobcat, and those are native to the area, or mountain lions, or cougars, or any of the sort of various association in that family. There are creatures out there that have that resemblance, and they are something that you absolutely would be terrified of in the middle of the night. So, one uh, personal story time. My grandparents used to live in Pennsylvania, and one time we were up there visiting them, (laughs) and we let my dog out at night before bedtime, and he started to run off, and we had to chase after him to get him back, and we found him in the neighbor's yard. I grabbed hold of him, looked up, and there was some sort of cat that was about three feet tall, and I booked it back inside with my dog and slammed the door shut. I had no idea what it was. And this is the first that I had heard about Tailipo. And now I'm just thinking, yeah, maybe. Did it have glowing eyes? I actually just did a little I bit. don't remember. Well, here's the thing about that glowing maybe. eye thing. It makes me think of um, the fact that when cats' eyes um, catch the light in the dark, they mm-hmm. reflect. And it looks like it's glowing. Yeah, even the talking aspect. Um, I know we mentioned in last week's episode about animals that sound like people. And if you've ever heard, I think the sound that's like a bobcat makes yeah. sounds very human. I'm going oh, to they see scream. if I can. Yeah. Or mountain lion scream, sorry. Mountain lions sound like a woman screaming. Side note, um, according to, and now this is not necessarily a reputable source, but that's okay. Whatever. According to, 4chan, according to 4chan, there have been some sightings of a creature that might potentially be the Taylipo. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, um, there have been some attributed sightings in the 1970s of unknown feline creatures. I'm trying to get this page to load so I can see the picture. There's like a supposedly a photograph, but I can't see it. But according to uh, 4chan, around 1974 in uh, Appalachia, there were sightings of an unknown feline creature. Now, of course, this could be a fisher. Interesting. Or it could be. Oh man, I'm sorry. Ads. I was trying to pull up Frosted Flakes cat screaming. This episode brought to you by Frosted Flakes. Okay, Which, here we go. You know, now I'm reading about the tailor. Another color. large, horrifying cat. So, yeah, just listen to the sound. That? Sounds I, like a crying baby. I could mistake that for a tailor, though. I could, too. If I heard that in the night, I would absolutely think that was something that was coming after me to get its tail back. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. We we had the Tony the Tiger, and now I'm just imagining... Give me my tail, po. Oh. Great! <laughs> Have you no. tried my tail in a stew? It's great! Yeah. I mean, 4chan is convinced that the tail po is a real thing that exists, or at least at some point did exist. So, who knows? I mean, hey, it's possible. There are all sorts of crazy things out there. There are all sorts of... I mean, what are we doing this show for if not to shed light on the weirdest, darkest, creepiest corners of the world? I do just want to point out again how utterly horrifying it is that this story is something that gets read to small children, like, on the daily. I like, would oh, like, not read this to a small child. Like, I got this picture book read to me by my third grade teacher. No joke. It fucked me up. I was having nightmares for weeks. Like, I just, I want to start some sort of public service awareness campaign. Like, get Sarah McLaughlin on the phone. Like, let's just have her <laughs> sing, like... In the arms of an angel. In the arms and of the and just like flash some statistics across the screen. It's like every 35 seconds, a young child 
has their future completely torn to shreds by the idea of a small cat-like creature disemboweling them in the middle of the night to retrieve its tail. Like, that is, without a doubt, the most screwed up thing I think you can say to a young child. <laughs> like, hey kids, you ever gone camping? You ever seen like a fun, fluffy friend? You ever thought maybe if you were stuck in the throes of abject poverty and needed to get by, that maybe you too could be disemboweled by a horrible woodland sprite? Like, that's not a thing. Um, Fun little that anecdote. You should yeah. tell kids. Fun little anecdote, actually. Um, my sixth grade class, and this is really actually, in retrospect, a little bit screwed up in its own way, but my six, the sixth graders at my school that I went to, I went to this weird private school, and we did a thing called the survival trip, which was a camping trip, basically. I know, it sounds bad. Oh, no. It was basically a camping trip to teach these 11 and 12 year old survival skills. So we learned how to build a fire, how to uh, forage for certain plants and things, how to make tail soup. Right? No, basically, um, not like that, but uh, I got very nervous. Um, I like nature, but not at night, basically. And uh, everybody was sleeping outside of the tents because they wanted to, like, look at the stars and stuff. And me and this one other girl were just like, absolutely not. No, thank you. That is canceled. And we stayed inside the tent. And the entire night, I didn't sleep a single wink because I was just staring at the walls of the tent and the roof of the tent. I guess the top of the tent, or only roof. Like, waiting for something to, like, skitter across it. I was so convinced that being in the woods at night meant that something was coming for me. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of where all of these stories happen. Yeah, don't They're go in the in woods. in the woods at night. PSA. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care if anybody says, I'm worried about you. You need to get more exercise. Or, like, are you okay? You never leave your house. Don't you listen to them. They are trying to trick you. Don't leave your house. Don't go in the woods. Don't go to parks. Don't go anywhere because it's all stuff that wants to kill you and get its tail out of your stomach. Oh my god, I'm so stressed out. Is Addison? I just want to. I just want to consider maybe unpacking some damage here. So I know you oh are god. one of the victims of the Tilly Poe agenda. Oh my of god, having this imprinted upon you as a small child. Is this why you're a vegetarian? Oh my god. Are you a vegetarian because of the taily poe? Are you maybe <laughs> adverse to eating meat because somebody convinced you as a small child that if you ate the meat of another creature that it would track you down, slaughter everything dear to you, and then cut open your stomach while you watched? Oh my god. Is this... Like is this part of something? I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if I can keep go. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I think we've made a lot of progress here today. I want to congratulate <laughs> you both on your big breakthroughs. Big breakthroughs thank happening you. today. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Congratulations. Andrew. Oh, thank you so much. I'm gonna like for real take this into my actual therapist and be like, "Can you help me unpack this? This is not a joke. I'm probably gonna do that." Oh man, Alex. Oh no, we've tapped on some very primal and like and deep things. For we've me worked today. on some weird stuff here, man. I'm, we are going to get like T-shirts or something for the Crypt Keeper Podcast store, which I guess I just sort of willed into existence. It doesn't exist yeah, yet. It exists. We yet. don't have T-shirts yet. We it's will someday. For sure, will. If um, anyone wants to buy a T-shirt, then I will make a T-shirt. But yeah, I just want like like ghost like faded out imagery of Sarah McLaughlin in the background, and just like save someone you know. <laughs> From the Taily Poe. <laughs> it even rhymes. That's yes, great. I like it that. does. Yeah. It's Don't good. Don't read like, Taily Poe, Taily Poe. Don't read your children the Taily Poe. Do not. Because under- if you remember in the story, it's like, Taily Poe, Taily Poe. I you want have my, my Taily Poe. Yeah, yeah Taily Poe, Taily Poe. You have my Taily Poe. I want my Taily Poe. You know what it reminds me of? Now I have my Taily Poe. What does it remind you of? Mm. 
And also, it's just, do you remember, in all seriousness, do you remember that story from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark about the woman who found a big toe and then made it into a stew? Oh, that was gross. Yeah, so that is a variant on the Taily Poe story. Oh. No joke, that is actually, like, that's a riff on the Taily Poe. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, um, just like a quick, like, I didn't think I'd ever have to say this, but just like a quick, a quick little, like, piece of advice. Don't take body parts from things that you don't know what it is and put it in a stew. Yeah, I think that, I, I don't know, I just sort of assumed that would go without saying. Yeah, but, I but guess, apparently not. But, I mean, you know, interestingly enough, I guess what's fascinating about the Taily Post story, like a lot of other Appalachian folktales, is that it taps on this idea of being fundamentally in a situation you can do nothing about. Like, this guy is clearly stuck in a situation of just complete poverty and distress in which he is utterly powerless to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. There is nothing this guy can do in this circumstance other than to take this opportunity that's offered to him. And when he does, it ultimately screws him over and mm. cuts open his stomach and retrieves its tail from within. Yeah, I would say that falls under the category of screwing them up. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I just wanted to make sure we were I wouldn't call that working out. Completely no. clear. No, it doesn't. But that is, like, sort of a common thread in the the mountain mythos. I mean, if you mm. just consider the lifestyles in general, I mean, coal companies or, like, the railroading initiatives, I mean, like, these situations would come in and trap these people in cycles where they had no option except to take what was ultimately going to prove to be even more destructive for them. Mm. Which is a really sort of upsetting idea, but to have it so succinctly epitomized in something so horrifying, (laughs) and then to read that story, like, I cannot impress upon you people enough how bad it is that we read this to kids. It's really bad. I think think, uh, it it all comes down to... (laughs) Fear is a great way to teach people about things, and I think that that's why people keep reading this to their children. Yeah, I think but so. This is another very unconventional cryptid after the Skinwalkers, another one that kind of is a little bit different, a little unexpected, and I think that that's something that people should come to expect the unexpected from the Cryptid Keeper brand, if I can be so bold. So, we've talked about Telepo. We've talked about maybe where it comes from, why people think they've seen it or have seen it, where it originates in both literal origin and in sort of the collective storytelling mind let's talk survival tips for the tally so you're out in the woods you're going on a camping trip in let's say Mm -hmm. southern west virginia maybe edge of kentucky yeah you know that's that's where a lot of this sort of lives and you you need some some quick fun rapid fire tips to keep you out of tally clutches what are you gonna do uh bring a laser pointer cats (laughs) love laser pointers just Pointed around the cabin, out the door. <laughs> you are safe, my friend. Well, okay, so that's going in the Taylor Post survival kit. I, that is for I, sure I don't a be good that, pointer. I don't want to be that person, but like, don't do that. <laughs> don't cut its tail. Don't do it. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> Just don't Just cut off its tail. Don't do that thing. Just don't do the thing. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Just be cool for once. <laughs> That's the thing about Greg. Okay, <laughs> That's the thing about Taylor Poe. It's not really trying to snare you in anything. It's just doing its own thing. You know, it's it's pissed because you took its tail. It's probably more scared of you than you are of it. Um, mm. <laughs> doubtful. <laughs> doubtful. Should we do some uh, ratings where everything's made up and the points don't matter? I think we absolutely should rate the Taylor Poe. All right, Please don't so, sue us. So I'm gonna give you guys okay. a few scales here. So okay, like, yes. um, okay, on a scale of uh, you guys are familiar with like pop culture sensation viral Twitter account. We rate dogs. Yes, yes. of course. Oh, we rate dogs. Absolutely. absolutely. So, I love um, to rate dogs. So imagine that I have submitted to you this dog, the Taily Poe. Mm. Mm. Give it a rating. 
zero out of ten would not pet. Um, that seems a little rude. <laughs> it's very scary. It, okay, sorry. Three out of ten, very fluffy, would consider petting, but very scary, glowing eyes, big claws, do not like. I'm going to say eight out of ten, vengeful AF. <laughs> very fluffy, kind of spooky, question mark. <laughs> eyes glow, neat trick. <laughs> I am going to say 11 out of 10. You can have a conversation with your pet. How oh. cool is that? That's the dream. I hate that. No, 11 out that's of 10. That's true. Okay, that's, that's fair. fair. That's, that's a fair, fair rating. Okay, Um. yes, your rating is very good. Bushy tail, you're right. Okay, here's the deal. I do like its bushy tail. If it looks like the fan art I found where it looks like a fuzzy caterpillar meets like a fluffy moth meets like a kitty cat, then I am about it. I will pet the heck out of it. I think it, it would probably be fine with you petting it. As like, okay, would here's a thing. Yeah. Here's a thing about petting Tanley Pose <laughs> is that I'm pretty sure you'd be fine for the first few seconds. Like you know, you scratch up between the ears, and it's like, mm, yeah, mm, mm, ear action. That's good. You like go down, move down the back. You're like stroking a little bit, and you like scratch it at the base of its tail, and it's like, ah, yes, money spot. It rolls over. It shows you its belly. You rub its tummy, you die. <laughs> Why? That Why? is the sequence of events of petting a tailie poe. Because like with any cat, it wants you to pet its tummy, but also if you do that, you are gone. You you are dead. That isn't no. that is a one-way ticket to Claw City. And the tailie poe's claws are just like the worst. Because <laughs> they'll slice open a man's stomach. Yeah, so oh, that's God. what I'm saying. So um okay, so here here's the next rating scale Vocal fry means for tailie poe. Oh. Um picture like Dog shows, like yeah. you know, going along their various categories. Yeah. Which category would you give Taylor Poe the blue ribbon in? Talent. <laughs> talent. Swimsuit. He's so talented. Swimsuit. I yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both of those. He's so talented. Very good. He's so talented. Very talented Taylor Poe. I'm. I'm just gonna say best tail. Best tail. Best tail. Best in tail. Tail out of tail. tail best in tail. tail. I think that is our final rating for the Taily Poe. Tail out of tail. Tail out of tail. One out of one tails. Wood pet. Fluffy <laughs> AF. Vengeful. Heckin' vengeful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great time. It's a good pet. Po. Bring one into your home. Yeah. Um, Let it play with your there kids. There are so many Taily Poes in need of adoption by people that will not cut off in their the nails. arms of the angels. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Thank you for tuning in to The Cryptic Keeper. I think that's going to conclude our episode for today. So thank you to our audience and to our special guest for two out of two episodes. Yes. yes. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. My and as pleasure. always, oh yeah, and as always, we hope to keep you around. Yeah, catch you on the flip side. Stay safe out there. Taily-poo, taily-poo. You have my taily-poo. I want my taily-poo. <laughs>